what role does culture play in our interpretation of scripture? The fact that we get to see ourselves as individuals and we have merit, worth, and value apart from our communities yes. and families. Yes. That is not to be taken for granted. Uh-huh. Another conversation that we're seeing kind of in postmodernism yeah. is this anti-imperialism reading or this post-colonial culture and liberation theology kind of oppressed versus oppressor. Yeah. So, so I do think there's value in that. I do think, however, there's limitations to that cultural value mm-hmm. because what we see in the New Testament is uh, although the gospel is the freeing of the oppressed, yeah. it's also the freeing of the oppressor. Hey, Josh. What's up, dude? Happy holidays. Hey, don't start this war on Christmas with me. There, you will lose and Starbucks will be sued. There. How are you? All of it? Yeah, yeah. All of it. All of it. Doing well. How's yeah. it going? Good, man. We're doing great. Nice, nice. Well, you know, during the holiday season, we're going to have a lot of Bible stories, a lot of Christmas stories, a lot of um, embellishments and sure. kind of, uh, um, what would be the word? Creative imaginations for sermons. Yeah, that's good. And that's things a really like good that. way to put it. That's a really generous uh, way to, to frame that. So one of the things that comes to my mind is, Throughout the holiday season, all the sermons and, like we said, creativity that's going to happen, I'm kind of thinking, what do you think would be some of the differences that we would see based on maybe different cultures or different backgrounds and heritages as those people uh, interpret and preach based on that perspective? Yeah, I love this question because really what you're asking is like, what role does culture play in our interpretation of scripture as exactly. a whole, right? And and Christmas is such a special season to kind of imagine that lens in uh, because when you encounter the Christmas story or when you just do any type of Christmas sermon, it varies from culture to culture. That's right. I was actually just reading a thing today that talked about one of the reasons they think, right, we might have picked December 25th is because of what it means symbolically for the winter solstice uh, in the Roman mm. calendar. And so thinking, right, if that theory is correct, that one of the desires of early Christians was to, like, elevate Jesus to this status, right, that the Roman sun god was on, obviously, and say, like, no, no, no it's not him, it's it's Christ, and how— fascinating that idea hmm. could be right that that how it was happening in the third century Correct. and now in you know 2021 we're looking we're at doing an, the same thing yeah but just in an entirely different ballpark right like we're Correct. having conversations about the mermaid on the starbucks cup there over and against like trying to get christ to deity status right in that <laughs> conversation so um it's just amazing man because culture is always moving it's that's always right. changing and it's always impacting us that's right that's right yeah i hadn't thought about that before so to to kind of make sure i grasp that what you're saying is that part of the conversation of the Christian church and the calendar of how we landed on Christmas on this specific day, yeah. you're saying that there could be a lot of um, Roman cultural influence yeah, yeah. in the context of the early church that influenced their decision right. for that day. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, and so what I want to talk about in, in the few minutes we have here is how we might seek modern or current examples today Mm -hmm. of how different cultural values, Mm -hmm. both in in our context and in other contexts, influence how people read the Bible story. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. There. Yeah. So we have a couple of different viewpoints that we're going to kind of examine, right? And the first one that we, that we thought was, uh, I don't know, interesting and fun is the notion that, well, manifest destiny is not fun. Uh, but the idea of like manifest destiny culture, right. In America at the center of God's kingdom, you know, biblical interpretation, right. It's like, this is usually steeped in the notion of like 
America was founded to be a Christian nation. If okay. we just put prayer back in school and yeah. repent, right, God will show his favor upon us, you know, and that kind of thing. Uh, so what do you think about that just as a general lens for biblical interpretation? Yeah, so what I would say about that is I think that the general movement of American centrism Mm -hmm. in social political conversation about uh, whether it's wars or the place of America in dictating what what should be good and what's valuable and how we see other cultures, things like that, usually that translates or starts to match with politics, economics, right. where money should go, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and religion. Yeah, for sure. So I would say that. I, I think that there's a correlation there. And so I would say there's a cultural context there of being either implicitly or explicitly yeah. steeped and raised in values where, hey, the American way, like that's how the world should work. Yep. Uh, democracy the right to do what you need to do what you that's 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 the way the world should work yep, yep. um that cultural value there i think we can see that translated in mm-hmm. biblical interpretation mm-hmm. um with things like how we view the story of uh the old testament wars yep with the liberation of israel um or the israel versus the philistines yep david and goliath yep uh, I've heard sermons. Another classic American story, David <laughs> versus Goliath. <laughs> exactly, right? I, I've heard sermons where uh, the focal point of that narrative in First Samuel 16, right, David and Goliath, is who are your Goliaths? Mm-hmm. You are David. Mm-hmm. God is with you. Who are your Goliaths? And and like this, the whole sermon is constructed around this. And like yeah. that's so fascinating to yep. me that we paint ourselves as the main character, the heroes of the story, the liberators yeah, 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 yeah. of Israel yeah, good, to good. defeat these giants. Um, now, you know, without being too extreme here, I do think that there are some cultural undertones to that perspective that suggest, yes, of course we're the heroes. Right. Not just from a like anthropological human instinct, we're so self-centered, but I think we... I don't know, we see ourselves that way. Well, and we do like, have some historical claims to back that up. I mean, right? I was going like, to say, like, the last 20 years of the Middle East, I, I'm not an expert nor an right, authority right, on that. I'm right. not going to pretend to be. But it seems to be that the more we meddle in foreign affairs, like, the messier it gets. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so, like, should America be world police mm-hmm. is an interesting question related to how we see ourselves in these Bible yes, stories. Yeah, That's precisely. all I'm saying. Right, and, and and there is some value in this kind of viewpoint because, uh, I don't know, I would probably make the argument that America is one of, if not the greatest country to ever exist. Yeah, I, would, I like would agree with that. Economic freedom, the ability to move up the ladder. Yes, right? like those are good things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I don't want to skip over those things right. just to be, like, negative Nancy Correct. on something like this. Right, but also, like the role that we played in, in World War II, the way that we helped, you know, and so some of these American exceptionalism things have roots in things that are, I think, objectively good, mm-hmm. right? And the question becomes, how much do we let that influence, you know, the way that we read scripture when we are usually a lot closer to, like, the less than heroic 
characters Correct. in the story. Right. But we have this insertion desire or this desire to insert ourselves in the middle. Right. Um, okay. So let's zoom out real quick because I want to get through all four of these yeah. uh, and, and ask you a question at the end here. Okay. So we have this one that's like um, kind of America specific and let's yeah. kind of zoom out a little bit to just yeah. kind of enlightenment and Western culture yeah. and the centrality, specifically the centrality of the individual and her rights in biblical interpretation. Yes. What do you think about that? As well, a, so what, what I understand that really kind of fancy phrase to mean is mm-hmm. um, the the fact that we get to see ourselves as individuals and we have merit, worth, and value apart from our communities yes. and families. Yes, That is not to be taken for granted. Uh-huh. In many Eastern cultures, certainly the Hispanic and Asian cultures that, that I know about and that I've interacted with, and probably even a little bit of Black culture as well, mm-hmm. Your your un, your self understanding, parts of your identity, they're very much linked to the mm-hmm. community, mm-hmm. right? Um, and so, this whole idea that no 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 truth value reason it actually comes from the individual's understanding of himself in relation to the world. Mm-hmm. That's kind of a new idea. Yeah, it's yeah, not very certainly old. within the last five hundred years. Exactly. Right? So that that that's what I understand that to me with this whole enlightenment yeah. rationalism that we we inherited yeah. in America, right? Yeah, I have this comedian that I love who talks about how uh, he's a Hispanic guy and he. he discusses how his favorite thing about black culture is the way that black people will help each other. Right? Yeah. If somebody's ever in a fight or if somebody's ever going through something, you gotta they jump, jump in. in to help yeah. there. And he goes, he's like, as people that I know that are white, he's like, when I see white people get into a fight, all my other, all my other white friends will just be like, yeah, he probably deserved it. Like, what did that guy do? <laughs> like, there's no camaraderie among right. white people. Yeah. And there's no loyalty there, yeah. which is a hundred percent true, by the way. That is like literally how I feel about most things most of the time there. And so, uh, and this is a hallmark of evangelicalism, right? yeah. of American evangelicalism, is the notion of like a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Yes. And that is deeply important. Uh, and I think greatly, uh, greatly valuable, or it's very valuable, right? It's such a spectacular thing. So, okay, good. So let's uh, kind of keep going now. Yeah. We've talked about uh, some of the good things that come out of this. Now, another conversation that we're seeing kind of in postmodernism is this anti-imperialism reading or this post-colonial culture and liberation theology kind of oppressed versus oppressor. Yeah. Right. So it's basically um, perpetrator versus victim. Mm -hmm. Right. So what Mm -hmm. do you think about that as a lens? Yeah. So I haven't seen so much of that trickle into or take roots into... Uh, evangelicalism. No, definitely as, more mainline. As much? Yeah. I would say more mainline traditions and definitely more in like uh, intellectual yeah. um, circles in mm-hmm. the academy. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of scholars who specifically focus on liberation theology and parts of that would be um, think about countries that have had to recover from uh, imperialism mm-hmm. or who were former colonies. Yeah. And when the gospel grows there, uh, those people wouldn't see themselves in the David and Goliath story as David. Right. They would see themselves as the Israelites. Right. Right. One um, of the things this makes me think of is like the First Nation people here, right? The Native Americans. Mm-hmm. Uh, a friend of mine was just at uh, the SBL conference, which is like the Bible conference, big thing every year. And he found a Bible that was written and translated uh, in a specific Native American language. Wow. Right. And, and it was just a very interesting, like, and this guy's wider than Wonder Bread. Right? Yeah. So he's like, I know this isn't for me, but he, he picked up a copy and it was yeah. just like, this isn't a beautiful kind of expression of that. Of so, course. so we can even have that conversation in our context. Exactly. Here, like there's a role for us to play in right. that. Right, right. Or, or seeing um, the liberation of Israel from Egypt as, yeah. as a manifestation of the kingdom of God in breaking uh, to free his people. Yeah. Like that has real 
consequences and real applications for yep. a lot of people in the world. Yep. Um, and, and for us, that that's very, very peripheral. Yep. Right. Um, so, so I do think there's value in that. I do think, however, there's limitations to that cultural value mm-hmm. because what we see in the New Testament is that uh, although the gospel is the freeing of the oppressed, yeah, it's also the freeing of the oppressor. Yeah, right, right. And, and that and, is and, so important and to and also this know. is where the power of the gospel, in my opinion, cannot be put into these categories yeah, and be yeah, contained amen. there. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, for sure. So, like, liberation theology, okay, cool, let's talk, let's have conversations, but it, it's more than that. Yes, yes. It's always a both end, right? Yeah. So the last one, uh, we'll kind of get really specific here. Civil rights, women's rights, LGBTQ plus rights movements, right, as a basis for, like, this post-gender biblical interpretation. Yeah, yeah, this one's interesting to me. I, I would think this is more of a, I don't know, maybe in the last 20, 25 years, yeah. uh, we've seen movements where minority groups are... Uh, gaining, garnering momentum, mm-hmm. support, voice, legislature supporting them. Uh, I could; uh, those are the three examples that we can think of, right? Civil rights movements, yep, yep. Um, LGBTQ movements, and women's rights. And I'm not clumping these together flippantly. Right. I'm saying these are three examples that I can think of of movements that have, um, in a sense seen themselves over and against the grain. Yes, for right? sure. That's a great way to and say so it. And so a specific application of this that's interesting to me, specifically from uh, like fourth wave feminism and LGBTQ movements is all the de-emphasis on the value of um, sex yeah. and gender yeah. as static things. Yeah, yeah. That's really interesting to me. Because I think that it's valuable for people to say, hey, we don't want to get bullied anymore. Like, we don't want to get uh, made fun of, oppressed, killed, whatever. Like, that's a good thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, But I'm wondering, like, where are the lines to that, specifically where um, if we start talking about the value of women, for example, only in reference to men, Mm. like, we should be able to do what men can do. Mm -hmm. We should have uh, the same, like, biological faculties capacities reproductive rights yeah uh men don't have any laws inhibiting their reproductive rights we should need all all this conversation i wonder if that's actually shooting yourself in the foot yeah because if 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 all you're doing is blurring yourself into yeah yeah there you go the reference to a man it's like well you're you're in some way eradicating the very foundation of what it would be to be a a woman you know you know what i mean so i just wonder what the limitations of that would Uh be to read the Bible only from that perspective. Like say, I'm not going to read it as a man or a woman. I'm just going to read it as a person. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, I think yeah, that's, what do you think about that? Well, no, that's right on the money because even in all of our conversations around identity, yeah. they are not supposed to be the things that define us. Right. And so this is only, this is the biggest pushback I have against uh, any of the movements that centered or are centered around identity. Uh, it doesn't bother me to emphasize it to the level that it does. Okay. But when it becomes so emphasized that it overshadows your identity in Christ, yeah. right, and what that you know commands of you and what you're supposed to know about that and, and the the at-home centeredness that that is supposed to be in terms of the core of who you are, uh, that I think is when it becomes problematic. Now, that very easily applies to 
anything. Right. right. As soon as anything takes the center of your life, that crisis is supposed to occupy, it's problematic. Uh, it's just easier in our day and age to fall into that in kind of the the identity based movement is all I would yeah. say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There. Um, okay, so uh, one declarative statement I'm going to make, and I want to see if you think it's controversial or not. Okay. okay. Uh, it's probably going to be controversial. I don't think so. I don't think you. Uh, okay. All people across all times are influenced by culture and their historical setting, whether they're aware of it or not. Yes, 100% true. Okay, so that's not controversial. That's not controversial. Okay, now, okay. I would say that might be news to somebody. Yes, that, that okay, and so this leads in, that's going to lead into my question. Okay. Yeah, great. So, so if this is true, yeah. right, how do we, like what is some pragmatic yeah. advice for us as people, right? So I'm, I'm thinking about yeah. when I first discovered uh, how the Bible was made at 19 and like all of the different stuff that went into it and the lack of uniformity, right? And then the first guy who wrote his own Bible, right? His own New Testament and like got rid of all the Jewish stuff in there and was like not a fan of those guys. And then you're like, oh man, like there's a lot of human elements to this. Right. It wrecked me yeah, yeah, because yeah, yeah. a lot of my faith was predicated on this unspoken kind of but affirmed notion of like the Bible descended on a golden and purple pillow from heaven in its current form. Right. And right. I didn't know that there was an editing process. I didn't know that, you know, so it's like, as yeah. we discover that we are influenced by these things as people, Correct. what's like the practical takeaway that we can take <laughs> as young folks, right, who might be discovering yeah. this conversation for the first time? Yeah, 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 that, that's a good question. And I think there's a lot of, a lot of related questions in there sure. too, right? And so how do we understand the human formation of the Bible would be one related uh-huh, question. Uh-huh. The another related question would be how do we understand our how to read the Bible within our context? Mm-hmm. And so the first thing I would say is because there's some there's somebody out there thinking right now, well in my church we don't add anything to the Bible. Right, right. We right. don't interpret the Bible. Right. We're just reading the it's Bible a plain for what sense it says. Reading, right? You open it and that's what it says. God said it. I believe it. That said, that's it. That's it. Mm-hmm. So why should we have these human-made conversations about fancy interpretations when we should just read it? Yeah. So to that person, I would say, yes, let, let's talk about that. Yeah, great. That, that's the starting point for the conversation because I would ask this person this, did you, as a child, were you born with the knowledge of what's a Pharisee, mm-hmm. what a Pharisee is, or what a um, yeah, did you come what out of the scribe womb? is? Yeah, did you come out of the womb knowing how to explain the crucifixion? Right. Like, what's a what, what's what's a cross? Yeah. What's crucifixion? Obviously, the answer would be no. At some point, we came to learn what these things are. Right. Meaning. Somebody had to explain to us not only what those terms are in some scientific way, meaning like you put the etymology of it, you put word parts together, it means something, Mm -hmm. but they had to explain to us what the significance of those words are in the story. Right, right, right. So my point is this. When we open up the Bible, we're not doing a scientific task only of reading, meaning our eyes capture the light on the words and that's some formulaic thing that's happening. Mm-hmm. That's not really what's what's happening. What's happening is our eyes capture those words and then our minds based on our experiences, mm-hmm. based on our previous knowledge, 
based on we, what we've been taught and based on our imagination a right. lot of time, we have to put that data into an organized sequence yep. so that it means something as a story. Every sermon has to do this. Every Sunday school lesson has to do this. Every like uh, kids uh, church lesson yep. has to do this. That's not a bad thing. Right, right. It's a good thing. It's just how reading works. Yeah, yeah. And it's how history works. Mm -hmm. And it's how scripture works. So the first thing I would say is, as evangelical Christians, we tend to be really scared of talking about reading and uh, interpreting scripture as in art and a science. I would say, let's not be afraid of that. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, Paul himself and Jesus himself were doing that yeah, yeah. in the Bible itself. And the early church, we have been doing that. So that, that's the first thing I would say. The second thing I would say is it will be very helpful once we recognize, oh, wait a minute. I'm not just computing scientific facts when I read the Bible. I'm making sense of a coherent story. I'm trying to make sense of it for my life and for the lives of others. How have other people done that right. before me? right. Because guess what? Other people before you have done it well, and they've also done it poorly. Poorly, yeah. So important to know that. And so it would be good to take a step back and say, all right, how have how has the American church done it well? Mm -hmm. How has the American church kind of beefed it up a little bit? Mm -hmm. How are they doing it in South America? How are they? How are the, our brothers and sisters in Africa doing mm -hmm. it? What about in Europe? What about in Asia? What, what, how are my brothers and sisters in other places in different contexts under different circumstances, what are they seeing in the Bible story that I'm not? Yeah. And how could we benefit from that? I think that would be a helpful muscle, a helpful reflex to start working on yeah. um, as we try to come to some consistency and, and, and I think growth in, in how we understand the, the Bible story. Perfect. So one last question yeah. as we wrap up here. You're talking to a young person, yeah, right? yeah, first year of college, maybe yeah. like one of your students or something like that. Okay, and they go, you know, Professor Hansel or H Man, whatever your nickname <laughs> is. Uh, what is like one practical takeaway yeah. that you could give me to help me recognize my own cultural bias? Well, it's like one small thing I could do. Yeah, one question I while could while reading the Bible. Yeah, yeah, as specifically, specifically as it pertains to like how I try my best to understand okay. Jesus. So what what I would suggest to that student is a, a small exercise. Okay. I would say, okay, go through the Old Testament stories where there's there's conflict, uh, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Either the uh, war stories, uh, deliverance stories, whatever you want. Go through three of them. Write down in your mind instinctively which character you identify with. Mm. Just go through it and say, okay, which character do you think you are in that story? In other words, if you were to draw an application from it, yeah. what do you think you should do? Which character are you? Mm -hmm. Okay, that's the first thing. Then after you're done reading, analyze and see if you see any patterns in which characters you identify with. Okay. I would say the characters that you least identify with is probably the one that you need to interact with more mm. and figure out who is that character in our society. That's probably the one you need to learn from more oh so so you analyze so you identify which character you feel like you resonate with yeah and then you analyze if there's a pattern yeah and then you look for the character that you identify least, least with connect that to somebody in our current world yes and then go try and learn from that person yes their life their like just make a friend yeah of somebody that identifies from that culture for yes. you yes oh, 
that's really good. That, that that's one exercise I would say. No, that's great. The other I'm pra- gonna do that myself. That's actually like really helpful. The other practice. <laughs> I mean, on a more kind of, I guess, academic side, I would just say, read people sure, who've gone sure. before us yeah, yeah, on yeah. that's but that's boring how that's to interpret boring. some of these yeah, so yeah. that that we don't if, if your interpretation is new novelty in, in theology is likely not a good thing sure and in, in technology <laughs> and everything like that's fantastic yeah we yeah. love new electric things Do you that's tell fine. that to the reformers man. right uh, yeah uh, but in, in theology and biblical interpretation be careful of novelty yeah yeah but, that's really good yeah. yeah that's really really good you answered yeah. all my questions i'm actually going to go home and practice that now nice <laughs> awesome well hopefully this could be uh an introduction to the conversation for you guys. We certainly hope that this would be a springboard for conversation either among your peers, maybe your parents, maybe even your pastors on what are some of the things that influence us as we look at the Bible story, particularly in this holiday season. And we we see the arrival of the one king who mm-hmm. said, uh, you're not gonna recognize me as king, you're gonna recognize me as servant. Yeah, good. Um, and that's amazing, and the applications for that. So we will see you guys next time. Make sure to leave a comment and check us out on the Juice app. <laughs>